This is Rob McCallum, writer-director of Nintendo Quest, and you're listening to the Super NES Podcast. Welcome to the Super NES Podcast. This is episode number 55. Uh, in this episode, we're taking a look at the like the late Super NES t- game, um, uh, Super Mario RPG, which was, a, uh, which, was uh, which was co-published by uh, Nintendo and Square uh, for the system back in 1996. Um, I am one of your regular, regular co-hosts, Greg, and I'm joined by my, by my other regular co-host, George. Yahoo. <laughs> is that Yahoo for the game or, or just Yahoo in general? Uh, it's a thing that Mario says. Oh, yes, he does say that. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, the the writing of this game is interesting, but we'll get into that. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, always good to have you with us. Um, we we have not covered an RPG for the system for quite some time, so George figured it was uh, like, like, like George figured that we would do. And Super Mario RPG is at least one of the most a uh, unique and interesting games to the system, even if the opinion of it is um, is not always like universally loved as one of the best a uh, uh, RPGs on the console. Mm. Uh, in fact, the reception of this game I, I've always found it to be like very interesting. Um, you you uh, you're just a matter of fact, but we will get into that. So um, this is a game that I rented that I rented very shortly after it came out. Uh, and eventually picked up, uh, and eventually picked up by my system. Uh, I kind of wish I, I kind of wish I still had the game because it kind of, as we'll cover toward the end, it's kind of expensive game to you know have these days. Well, do you want a Japanese copy? Japanese copies are cheaper, like when I understand. I actually have a Japanese copy. Oh, okay, cool. But there are some slight differences. Oh yeah, oh yeah, but, yeah. The biggest being the fact it's in Japanese. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me 
the Japanese version of the game is in Japanese. <laughs> uh, That's I also mind-blowing. Think... The, the label of the Japanese version is also, like, very boring. It's just, like, you know, it's a title and that's it. It's, like, bleh. But, meh. <laughs> um, what's, your, what's, your, what's your history? In a, what's your history like this game, George? Uh, I played it in an emulator once. Like, how long ago was your first time playing it? Like, years and years ago. Uh, first time playing it. I really don't know a specific date. Just oh, okay. years and years and years ago, and then in the back of my mind, all this time, it's like, I gotta play Super Mario RPG, because this is a pretty cool game. Hmm. And so I did. Yes. And now we are talking about it. Yes, it's... Yes, yes definitely... Yes, it's definitely like a very like you know, like unique game. I mean, like you know, it kind of seems it kind of seems like a no brainer now. Like you know, like take you know take one of your most popular mascot characters characters and stick them to like an RPG like environment. Right. I mean, like you know, it's yeah, but like now it seems like you know, duh. But uh, twenty years ago, the, the twenty years ago, this was a pretty a pretty a pretty revolutionary a pretty revolutionary thing like, 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 when it came out because because with the possible exception um, of of Wonder Boy, who you could argue as to whether he was the major mascot or not, uh, there had there had been there had been no mascot character stuck in like an RPG type game. So what's interesting about this is like this is still in Mario's early years, and I'm not talking about the preschool games mm-hmm. um, because there were those games. Yes, there were. Uh, <laughs> I actually played one of them when I was a kid. Some of them on but, Super um, NES. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but um. This is different because, like, nowadays, it's like the character has, like, you know, you know, like, his hometown, the world he lives in, and this and that and the other thing. Whereas, like, when you're doing a Mario RPG in this in this era, the SNES era, there's not a lot to go off of. Like, you know there's Mario, and he collects mushrooms to get bigger, and there's Princess Toadstool, and there's a Mushroom Kingdom. But, like, you don't really know what it really looks like, you know, you don't really know what the inhabitants would really, what they would speak like or what things they would say. And it was really interesting to see how the interpretation of Mario was made into an RPG and how these worlds were built onto. Um, And then a lot of the assets from this game were not really used or maybe made canon or something like that. So there's, there's a, there's a lot to this game or like you don't really see anywhere else in, in any other like Nintendo or Mario game, really. I couldn't have said any of that like better myself. I mean, like, you know, I remember, I remember, I remember being impressed when we were playing this game, how they, how they both took what was already established and added on to it. Right. Um, and of course, I mean, of course this game is the spiritual, spiritual prequel to, to prequel to the very popular uh, Mario games. So right, um, and also the um, the Mario and Luigi series. Yes, yeah. Yes. So which I've only played a tiny bit of, but I do wanna I do wanna get uh, deep into those because they seem pretty cool. They're all very good. I mean, I think some of them are better than others. Um, yeah. but all the games, the series are um, like both the Mario and the, like in the Mario and Luigi series, like are very fun. So and and you can see definitely elements of gameplay and aspects and characters and world design that all started back in this game. Oh, definitely. Uh, when I was a kid, I had Paper Mario and Thousand Year Door. 
and awesome playing game. yeah playing super mario rpg there were there were some of those things like you know like press the button at the right time while you're attacking you'll do like another attack you know st- stuff like that right and the whole uh flower points i think is used in paper mario as well this game's also very unique in its development development cycle in history because, uh, because again, to this point, there had not been too many major games that had been released that were kind of like co-developed by two companies at the same time, and two companies, two companies that were that were arguably at the peak of their powers uh, during this time period. Uh, Nintendo was responsible for the like the character design. Uh, did you, uh, Nintendo was responsible for like the overall idea of the game. Uh, the characters, most of them were from Nintendo. Um, you know, Mario and his friends, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the uh, most of the items and the items and the items and world design, the world design and whatnot was all from Nintendo. But the programming of the game was handled by SquareSoft, um, who provided the game engine, the game engine, like the music um, and the actual battle system, like and all that. And these two companies worked together, uh, like over like a. Um, you, you know, over like a pretty long development cycle to make this game, and it wasn't going to be very long after this before their history, uh, before their partnership that like, came to a, uh, you know, you know, came to an abrupt end. So it was like, really kind of like you know, a swan song um, of, uh, of SquareSoft, of SquareSoft making games for, for, for Nintendo systems like for a long time to come. I just find it super interesting that Square worked with Nintendo to make an RPG, but not just an RPG. A Mario RPG. <laughs> well, from what I understand, the original idea was from the original idea that started with Nintendo. Um, uh, one of the game's uh, like creators, cre- creators like was a guy named, and I'm going to butcher his Japanese name probably, uh, uh, like Yoshio Hongo, and explaining that you know like um, uh, you know they, Nintendo wanted to do an RPG that was that would that would. You know, that would both appeal to Westerners and also Japanese people and would utilize some of the Nintendo's characters. Uh, basically, like quoting here, uh, Square's RPGs sold well in Japan, but not as well overseas. Uh, there, have been, there have been calls from all ages, uh, from young girls in particular, uh, for another character to, to, character to, which, to which they could become attached. Uh, Mario was the best, but had not been an RPG. Uh, so, like Nintendo's... So Nintendo's director, uh, Mr. Miyamoto, also wanted to do an RPG like using Mario, and there happened to be a chance, to, uh, and there happened to be a chance for both companies to talk, and it went over well. So, like, end quote. So uh, the original brainstorm for the idea came from Nintendo, and Square was very gung ho about doing it um, because the game was the game was mostly handled by two directors uh, and creators like inside of Square uh, who had experience with many other of Square's of Square's, uh, uh, of Square's titles. Uh, of course, I was you know, during this time period. It was directed by Ayoshi, uh, by Yoshiko uh, Maikawa and Chiro Fujigo, uh, with Shigeru Amiyamoto for Nintendo like, handling the producer duties. And and originally, originally Nintendo gave Square a lot of freedom and liberty to make the game. And Nintendo 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 did not even see the game um, until after the game had already been developed you know, for like over a year. So, and uh, when they did see it, they got about a 70% complete version of the game in like October, like October 95. And Nintendo was surprised at the fact that, that, that Nintendo was just, Nintendo, Nintendo staff was like surprised at the fact that it was an RPG battle system in the game because they hadn't been expecting that. So, 
Um, so there were some like changes to change the changes made to that to make it more interesting, like a more like, you know, active and uh, some of the, like tweaking to, to tweakers under the game. Certain certain characters were you know, certain characters that were renamed for the North American release, like Nintendo's Wishes. Um, and the game release was pushed back a couple of times. But when the game finally came out, uh, it, uh, uh, it, you know, it was released in Japan in March of 1996, and in, in North America, like in May of 96, uh, the game sold very well. And this is, I mean, it's also important. It's also, it's also important. It's also very important. Remember this time that by this time in '96, the Super NES was starting to kind of uh, be on its last legs. Uh, the PlayStation was already out. Uh, the next generation systems that were definitely coming. The N64 uh, were, was, was supposed to be out the following year. So this this like so this game really gave the system a, a good shot in the arm and how to keep it like viable, uh, viable and uh, well known and popular. Uh, for, uh, for at least, uh, for at least, for like at least like another year, uh, combined with, uh, combined the very successful uh, Donkey Kong Country games. Yeah, the thing about this game, it, it's it might be an RPG, but it feels like it's like a light RPG. Mm. Um, and there are a lot of things that I noticed. It just it it's, it feels like an RPG, but it doesn't feel like a lot of RPGs that are even on the platform, the same platform. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it feels like this game is more story based than like RPG based. Although there is a lot of fighting to be done. There's a lot of fighting, and there's also like a pretty like you know like deep story actually. Like you can go, yeah. Um, but they um. There's puzzles. Yep. And... Just to make a couple, yep. Just in a couple like of additional notes, uh, this game was not ported to power regions like when it came out uh, because of uh, because of like you know um, uh, a graphical because the additional graphical and language work that Nintendo would have, you know Nintendo I would have had to do would have had to would have had to like do to the game. Um, the game is currently available like on the virtual console. So um, I believe it's I believe that's available uh, available worldwide. You just um, I, you know, you just have to, um, I, 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 I just played the North American version. Keep playing, keep playing, keep playing like outside of Japan. So, um, it is pretty cool that the two companies, the two, the two, the two companies were able to, were able to come to an agreement as far as rights go and get the game released in the virtual console. Yeah, it's, I think it's like five or seven bucks on there. Um, I saw, I saw it yesterday on the Wii U. It's like, oh, there, there it is. Ooh, and then I was like, all right. So if I had to describe this game in a nutshell, I'd say this game is kind of a more action-based RPG uh, with a uh, with a with a real-time, uh, uh, well, almost real-time battle system, um, and uh, 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 like the game's played uh, the game's played an isometric uh, viewpoint mostly. What do you um, mean a real-time battle system? Well, it's not it's not real-time per se, in the fact that it is turn-based. But this is yeah. the first game I can remember. But this is the first RPG that I can remember playing, where you were encouraged to do input during the battle system and uh, during the battle, um, and not just sit there. Uh, like for example, like for example, you can attack with like other characters, but if you time the button push uh, just just right, you can have your character do additional damage with what weapon that he's doing. Right. Okay. So it's like it's like active turn based. I don't know what to call it. But it, I mean, it's it's true turn-based, but then there's also the notion of 
you should sit there and wait for the right timing to press a, a button and you'll do more damage. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about that. I um, do too. And some, uh, some of us I like it and some of us I... Um, some of, um, and, you know, some of us I, I don't. Uh, I, I think that, Especially when you get a new weapon and mm-hmm. then you have to learn the timing again. And the timing in this game is, seems, to be, like, seems to be a very narrow window and very sensitive. The timing, the timing, um, the timing is much easier to pull off in Paper Mario games, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, just use an example. But... Yeah, but the, the thing is, I feel like Mario's atta- Mario Mario's attacks are easy to get that button push for. But I had trouble with some of uh, Bowser's attacks with certain weapons, and just just Peach in general, or or right. Princess Toadstool, I should say. Um, just just in general, I have trouble with. But uh, Gino and Mallow are, are pretty easy for me as well. Yeah, there's a total of a six six playable characters like this game, like I think. Um, I'm counting right. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah like, yeah, that sounds right. So, uh, let's talk about the overall, you know, the overall plot. Just to do, uh, I, 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 just like, like real quick here. Um, I love how the game opens up. Uh, uh, the, uh, the opening of the game, like the first, like you know, like tutorial, quote unquote, battle is like awesome. Because, classic. It's yes. just it's classic. Yep. Because they uh, Bowser's once again kidnapped the princess, and Mario again goes, you know, goes to the rescue, but. Um, but you're doing this like very easy tutorial, tutorial style battle in which, like, which Mario is fighting Bowser and you're learning things like right away. Like, for example, like, you know, like don't attack Bowser directly. Like instead, like, you know, instead of, you know, instead, like said, like said, you want to attack something above him. Um, you know, so it's like the game's encouraging you to like, you know, look around and like, you know, like try to see how else to be able to tackle situations. Um, and it's helping you to learn the mouse system, like, and how to get that, uh, uh, you know, the time battle system, um, uh, uh like intricacies like worked out and worked out like a whatnot. So, um, so you, so you beat Bowser and get the, uh, you know, get the princess back and you think it's hunky dory only to find out that this giant massive sword comes out of nowhere and stabs right in the middle of Bowser's castle. Um, and, and you come to find out this, like, you know, like this, like, this, like, you know, big bad enemy with the name of Smithy has broken the star road. We'll just show up with the, it will just show up like in later games. Um, I think Paper Mario shows up, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah. So so you, so Mario's quest then becomes to grab around to go around to seven different worlds and recover all the you to recover all the stars uh, because only after because only after like all the stars the Star Road have been recovered uh, is Mario is going to be able to. Uh, be able to bring down the to bring down the, the the protection or field or whatever on Bowser's castle and and to be able to fight to be able to fight and defeat Smithy and restore peace of the land. So, um, yeah, that opening scene where after where after where after the sword goes in and Mario sent flying, I love that part because it's really good. Mario crashes right into his house and Toad's like, you know, most people use something called a door to enter houses. <laughs> Wasn't there? Isn't there a pipe? Isn't there a pipe on top of his? Yeah. House? And he goes through the pipe. He goes yeah. through the pipe and crashes on the bed. <laughs> so what's really interesting is they. I don't. I, I could be wrong about this, but I didn't see anything anywhere about anyone talking about Luigi or anything. No, Luigi's pretty much um, Luigi. Luigi's only in the game in terms of letters, I think. Um, I think there's some communication with him by 
you by a letter only, and that's it. Really? Yeah, so. Okay. Uh, she actually does show up in later games, but I think this one's letter mm-hmm. only, so. But yeah, Mario Mario is, true to form, a sound protagonist like this game. Like, I mean, it really would be Mario if he was, like, talking, so. Uh, I still hate that in modern games, by the way, but. Uh, anyway, so. Whatever. But. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have no problem with it. He does emote a lot, though. I mean, like, you know. I mean, like, he jumps around, he acts, uh, he, he he does facial moves, so, um, so, like, he does communicate to you some. Right, like, they do that a lot in Paper Mario. Yep, so. Is this just, like, prototype Paper Mario? Holy it is, crap. in some ways, because, like, you know, they yeah. took a lot of elements, uh, because, 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 yeah, anybody, like, anybody's not played Super Mario RPG, but has played the Paper Mario games, really should check this way out, because, 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 uh, because there's a lot in this game that carried over, you know, that carried over Paper Mario. Uh, the big difference being, like, you know, this game's played. Uh, the, the biggest difference, I think, is the fact this game's played played an isometric uh, viewpoint, whereas uh, where Paper Mario is played in a true 2D side uh, side scrolling kind of like viewpoint. Uh, um, like, well, well, for like some of the gameplay at least, like the battles. Yes, the battle the battles are like you know, asphyxiated in a way where it just looks 2D, but outside of battle in Paper Mario is, like, the there's a camera that follows you, and it's... Whatever. Right. It's, so... Yes. So... So speaking about that, I've got mixed feelings. Uh, mixed feelings, like about the graphics and the, the graphics in this game, like the asymmetric viewpoint. Um, the graphics overall, the graphics overall, I think in this game are quite, good, you know, quite good. I mean, like it looks like Mario. Uh, like all the charms there, like all the small touches, like all the small touches, like all the small touches, like all the small touches are there. Um, they, they, everything's very animated, like, animated very well, like it's very bright and colorful and what, like whatnot. Um, moving Mario around is easy, but I always had a hard time trying to jump in this game because the, the uh, because they. Uh, because they, uh, because they, because the isometric uh, viewpoint being used. I had trouble with some of the platforming. The platforming things. is a real nightmare. I think that's my yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my weakest part of the game to me. Uh, trying to navigate some of the platforming around, especially in the sewers. Oh god, the freaking sewers! I didn't have too much trouble with the sewers. I had trouble with um, going up to uh, what was it Nimbus Land or Nimbus Town or whatever. That's pretty bad too. Yeah. Yeah, so, like what? these vines or whatever you have to climb and. You have to look at the shadows because looking at the the actual vines themselves, uh, there was a jump that I kept jumping and missing, mm-hmm. and I learned that I was jumping the completely wrong way. Yep. And I looked at the shadows. I was like, "Oh, it's it's over here, not over there." Yeah, jumping. So, yeah, yeah, uh, jumping, jumping, moving around can be kind of difficult in this game because the angles, because the angles that are being used. I, mean, I don't know if it's the angles. I feel like it's there's no perspective. There's no there's no depth to a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Um, in the game um, because a lot of things will just like look the same size and everything so you think it's like right next to it or or maybe you think it'll like be behind it but the per- the perspective is kind of off in some of these areas which is fine 20 years ago so 20 years ago when the game came out because well, yeah i mean this right. is running this yeah. is running off an snes it's not yeah so it's i mean nothing I, crazy like we have now i mean like, you know last time i I mean, last time, last time, last time I played through the game, uh, like last year, I had a lot more problem navigating around in the game this time compared to like earlier. Uh, just you know, 
be just because that this kind of unique perspective is not used anymore these days. So trying to get the jumping in the net and then moving Definitely around is not, you, um, is difficult. But um, if you play in state, um, yeah, like if you use an emulator, safe states are a must in this game because it's like you know you can save a lot of aggravation time by by trying to by trying to by trying to take a save first and then trying to make your jump. And if you miss, well, try it again. So I um, only I only did that for like one thing. I want to say. Yeah, it kind of depends upon how much time you spend clearing out the clearing out the enemies because uh, let's talk about battles here like a little bit. Um, uh, I do, I do love in this game how enemies show up on the map, um, but you can't see them, so you can either like avoid them, avoid them if you want to, or go and fight. Uh, enemies stay cleared out as long as you, uh, on a screen as long as as long as you, as long as you stay as long as you stay on that screen. Once you go off that screen, uh, they come back. Um, That's not completely true. Um, things like the sewers and other areas, if you defeat an enemy, they will not come back. But in other other areas, they do come back. It's it's weird. Well, I'm thinking about the because overall. Because I've. Uh, well, 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 I'm thinking about the overall map. Um, I'm thinking about the overall map screens. Like you know, we have to go across maybe like let's say like five screens to be able to get from like a town to like a dungeon, like for example. So yes, uh, those those come back after a while, right? But when you yes, when you go through a dungeon, uh, um, I have not seen anything respawn, right? So yeah, I mean, um, I did not have to do too much grinding in this game. The only grinding I really did was toward the end of the game. Uh, as long as you as long as you fight most enemies that you come across, uh, you like, you'll do pretty well as far as like you know like level uh, progression, like in money. So. I didn't I didn't finish the game, but I got I got pretty far. Um, I didn't do any grind. Only only one time I did accidental grinding because enemies kept respawning and I didn't know where to mm. go. And they kept coming in, so I had to fight them until I figured out what I there had to do. There are a few do. spots like that, yeah. But yeah. Um, it, it, it's either like, you know, plot-based or trigger-based or something like that. So, but they... Um, um, we already talked about combat, the combat a little bit. Uh, you can have a maximum of three people in your party at once. And, you know, and you control all of them. And you can choose to either, um, and you can choose to have, and you can choose to have direct control over all of them, or, um, or, or just kind of do like you know automated moves, which is a nice touch. Wait, that's a thing. I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. Well, you can set what's called patterns on some of the, uh, some of your companions, and like you know, and like you know, you'll do attack, you'll do strongest magic, you'll do your weakest magic. Oh, uh, so uh, I feel like using magic was like. I felt like I had to limit myself using magic. Where you like, do have to limit yourself because there's, yeah. certain, there's certain enemies. There's certain enemies that are very vulnerable to magic, and like you know, having like having like a well placed spell, uh, like you know, uh, uh, what's the what's the what's the magician's name again? Um, uh, Gino. Gino, yeah, Gino can be very helpful. Just like, like you're, you know, like saving his magic for the uh, magic like those like you know enemies because like, like one well placed spell can like wipe them out for you and take care of the battle in, like one turn. See, I always saved it for, like, bosses. Mm. Um, unless there's specific enemies where their physical resistance is high and their magical resistance is extremely low, and they'll be defeated with, like, one magic hit. Yeah, most of yeah, most of the ordinary fights fights in this game are pretty breezy. I mean, you can go through them yeah. like pretty like pretty rapidly in like you know two or three rounds. Um, especially if you get the timing down, uh, timing down like your attacks. Like we mentioned earlier, if you push a button at the right time, um, and the game does a great job explaining all this chart of the game, by the way. Uh, uh, the uh, like the in-game menus and the hint messages and whatnot like are very good. 
um, which is which is which is pretty refreshing for a game like this age because like you know most mid nineties uh, because most mid nineties games didn't didn't give you the, this much attention but they were really aiming the game for like you know kids I think so they really tried to uh, say, like 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 spend a lot of time trying to make the game as user friendly as possible but um, yeah battles go pretty quickly and breezy especially if you do the timing right yeah so the the thing is um, with RPGs eventually you'll start seeing like huge numbers. In this game, I'm gonna comment on that. Yes, it's yeah. <laughs> in this game, it's like I'm I'm almost done with the game, and I haven't seen anything above like 200. It's really strange really. playing this game because you're like you know Mario's max. Yeah, because Mario's Mario's max HP is 30. What? Being what the heck? But <laughs> yeah, because usually like Final Fantasy games or, or whatnot, where like you know like, you get like massive massive damage scales and hit point the hit point gauges and like you know right. whatnot but in this game it's like two damage points like okay it's but, like <laughs> it's like 500 health in final fantasy is like oh what are you like level two or three or something <laughs> and in this game like you have to like uh, my characters are at like level 15 and they have like 200 health yeah it's like this is weird the system's fine you just had to get used to it because it's it's, it's totally different than anything else they'd come across before yeah the only thing is that the numbers are smaller like it still it still works like it would like a Final yeah. Fantasy or something. It's just that the numbers are smaller. They tweak this to be a bit better in Paper Mario games, at least. Also, uh, um, I mean, it's still it's, it's still very very similar. Uh, we do have small numbers, but not quite this small. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember how big the numbers are in Paper Mario. They're a little bit bigger. Uh, they're not that much bigger. So yeah. Okay. It still uses yeah Paper Mario still yeah Paper Mario still uses pretty much. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much the same battle system in this game. Just you know, tweaked around, like tweaked around a bit. So I okay. like big numbers in RPGs. <laughs> um, I want to do nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine damage. Um, as a side note, uh, I love getting the invincibility star in this game because getting a getting a star does the same thing in this game as you would expect playing your usual Mario game. It makes you invincible. Oh so yeah. You, so you, like so, and and even the same music plays. So you can just like you know run around to run around the screen and, and knock off four or five enemies at once and um and get all the XP for it. Oh yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely like that. There was a point where I had four characters level up from one run through about. So that that's good. The leveling up system in this game is pretty good too. I think I I like how um you know I like how the um like overall I like how the system. The living system, the the living system, like is used in this game. Um, yeah. So you you level and then you can put bonus stats in, which is like Paper Mario. <laughs> Holy crap! This game is Paper Mario, except he's not. It's he's not made out of paper. <laughs> um, okay. So let's let's sidetrack for a second. I felt like the characters looked like dolls. They do somewhat, yeah. Yeah, this is like, it's weird because it makes you think now, because like Paper Mario, it's the whole, everything's like paper and this and that. And like in this game, things look like dolls. Um, and it's just an interesting aesthetic and it's an interesting thing to think about because it's like, were they trying to make it kind of look like that in a way or, or what? So... I don't know, but um, 
yeah, the leveling system. You can choose between uh, getting more maximum health or you could go for um, attack. So that increases your defense and your your physical damage. And then there's uh, on the other side, you could go for uh, magic power and magic defense, which I kind of felt like that was useless for me. It depended upon the character for me. Uh, I, uh, for most characters, I, for most characters, like most characters, I, characters, I would, um, I'd bounce it out and split. Um, I'd rotate like, you know, like, okay, this time you're getting, you're getting HP boost. This time you're getting like attack boost, et cetera, et cetera. Um, right. certain characters though, like for example, uh, let's go to the characters, you know, the characters, the, um, the characters, the characters, uh, that you can get in your party. I'll be real quick here because it kind of will feed to that point. Um, you can get Peach in this game, uh, who's who's actually pretty good. Like, she, you know, she's a pretty good fighter in this game. Princess Toadstool. Yes. Um, but uh, and uh, you also get a uh, and you also get a Mao, uh, who's interesting. He's a cloud boy who thinks he's a tadpole and trying to figure out to um, you know. And his character plays a pretty big part of the early the early like uh, the early game plot. Um, then you have Gino, the doll, who's your uh, doll, who's your possessed uh, by a spirit from the Star Road, who's your primary magic user. I gave him, I pretty much, I pretty much focused, focused, focused most of his level up, level up points in magic, uh, because he was my uh, uh, primary magic user. So what's interesting about Gino is, you're right, he's a doll and a spirit attached himself to that body, and they grew in size and. What I like about this is that the weapons you get for Gino are like bullets and rockets that come out of his elbow, and uh, it's like what? And perhaps the coolest character, uh, you actually get to have Bowser in your party also. Fighting this game later on because Bowser had his castle taken over, and his you know in his own you know in his own day, Goombas and Troopas had deserted him. So it's like, well, I might as well join up with you, but you, you but. <laughs> so what's really interesting about Bowser is the way that they they have him act yes it is so it's like it's not like he is this tough guy he acts to be like this tough guy yeah yeah exactly. yeah 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 his own personality is like you know like you know he's not he, he doesn't see it as he doesn't see it as being part of mario's party he's mario mario's being part of his party but you know he acts like he's in control right so. there's yeah there's there's parts where like he'll talk to himself and, he's, and he'll say, oh, wait, I got to keep my image up. And he'll turn around and he'll try to be that cool guy, that tough guy. I thought that was really interesting. He is your, uh, he is your strongest fighter, though, like by far. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, but they uh, are. And you can get uh, various weapons, like weapons, uh, like weapons like your party also, like as you go along. Mario gets his trademark hammer, the, like hammer, all that. You like, for example, so, um, you know, which... right. until you find another set of gloves that do that do more damage. And yep. then he's back to punching, which yep. is I felt like the base attacks sh- should have been jumping like they did in Paper Mario. He does have some jumping attacks. But... Yeah, but there's there's special moves and you have to use mm. flower points for them. Right. So, uh, yeah. So uh, most of the fights in this game are pretty easy, I thought. There's really only a few difficulty to do. To, to, Two difficult ones. Right. Uh, the bosses, though, I think are pretty are challenging. Uh, the, um, if you haven't prepared, prepare, some of these bosses can really screw you over. So the thing is, I didn't have any trouble with bosses until the area where I got to um, Nimbus Land. Is that what I call it? I know it's Nimbus something. 
Nimbus. the cloud the cloud plays yeah nimbus that's right yeah like i didn't have any trouble until i got there and then everything started going a little downhill um and was was pretty tough right uh, i had to redo a few boss battles there mm-hmm. right so but they um yeah i mean like I, I mean overall overall you can tell this game was designed for like you know kids uh because like the overall difficulty of the game is pretty is pretty low compared to most of the rpgs yeah there's almost no difficulty in this game but you know but the final the, the final boss fight though like it's pretty challenging i think it's like a very like you know tough fight and there is um and there is an and there is an optional battle that you can get to like later on in the game um, you know, if you unlock, you have to get a certain number of the bonus hidden items that are in the, that are in the game to be able <sighs> to access it. But, um, what's cool about, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but what's cool about that fight is that if it's like, not only is it a tough fight, we can get like really like, you know, great item that like, you win. Uh, they play during that game. Uh, sorry. They, they, they play during that battle, uh, a remix a remix of the boss, a remix, a remix like the boss battle music from Final Fantasy IV, which sounds great. So. Oh really? Uh, yeah. So um, that that's a good that's a good transition to music. I think uh, music the the music in this game was handled by Yoko Ashimura, uh, a woman who's best known for her work like her work uh, composing music to Street Fighter II. So uh, she did the soundtrack like this game. And most of it's original, but she did incorporate elements, um, as you would expect, like in a Mario game. Uh, there, uh, there are like arrangements, arrangements, arrangements of Mario music uh, that, could, uh, that Koji Kondo had originally done. Um, you know, and there, and, and like I said, you know, there is that like remixed, like remixed track from Final Fantasy IV. Um, so, but yeah, the music, the music in this game, I really like. Like it's a very, like it's, like it's a very good, like it's a very good, like it's a very good soundtrack. Like it sounds very appropriate, like for a game of this type. Oh, definitely. I. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it's very nice and it it fits great. Um, they even have uh, there's some enemies that do attacks with with music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, one of the songs is like the I believe the Super Mario World theme. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, like you know that very first. Yeah, just that very first screen in the game after you get control of Mario, uh, like the first time, like after the castle, uh, it's like like you're playing that remix, like remix of the classic, like the classic, the classic Mario Brothers theme. You know, it just sounds great. Right. But yeah, uh, yeah, the music definitely is a high point of this game, like for sure. All right, and then there's a section where you go underground, and it's like um, the remix of the dungeon music. Yep, like Mario yeah, Brothers. Yeah, yeah, the underground music. Yeah, so. and it's like. It's there's an area that's kind of like set up like World One Two, um, in I think is it the sewers? I think it is. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. So that's usually 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 people do like World One One, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, with stuff like that. But you know, they decide to do One Two, which is a nice choice. Right. So this game, like this game, is very complex. Not only because of its size, but also because of the graphic, the graphical, the, gra- the graphical techniques, and the programming used. Um, it's one of uh, like it's one of only seven of seven seven Super NES games uh, released outside of Japan to use the to use the SA1 chip, which is a very special a special high processor chip that allows for the game to be able to handle off the, uh, the um, you know like you know the. the, the you do the better graphics. Uh, specifically, what the chip allows the, the, the chip the chip like allows the game to do is it um, 
It gives the system um, an additional microprocessor to allow for higher clock speeds, faster access to the RAM, uh, greater memory mapping capabilities, uh, higher data higher data storage, um, big compression for graphics, um, a new direct memory access a DMA mode, um, and also gives it like a CIC a, a lockout a lockout lockout feature uh, for piracy protection. So this game, like this game, would not have been possible to possibly have possible to make like on the chip. And this game really pushed the push the game push the system the push the system push the system like limits because of that. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't as immediately apparent uh, to the casual observer that the game was being pushed. That, I'm sorry that the game did push pushes pushes push, push the system so hard because it looks so cartoony, but um, it really. But it really was a very sophisticated and complicated game to make. It's very large and it was very expensive to make, also because of the result of it. And this game was quite expensive, expensive, expensive when it first came out. I remember seeing stores stores routinely for like sixty, seven, eighty bucks. I'm not surprised. I mean, I do have to say that it does seem like it is pretty complex. I did not know it had all that add-on hardware to the the game cartridge. Yeah, that's insane. Um, it wasn't the only game to use, like it wasn't the only game to use that a game to use that chip of course but no, but um, all this other stuff added yeah. on top of it <laughs> man so um the game the game was very popular almost immediately the game was very the game was very popular like almost immediately like, upon release uh it was one of the uh uh, like in Japan alone, the, the the game of the game almost sold, like almost sold, almost sold like one, almost sold like one and a half million copies, uh, which makes it the third highest, third highest uh, uh, Super NES game in Japan. Wow. Um, there are there are no there are no there are no North Amer- there are no North American numbers available, but it, the, the, but it's, it's probably safe to say that to, to, to say the game sold almost the game sold almost almost as well like over here. Um, I would hope so. Uh, it is uh, uh, like it was. Uh, it was recently voted again at the Q, uh, like being like being the 26th, uh, 26th best game of all time. And IGN did a, and IGN did a, uh, I did a did a similar list a, a short time ago. And, uh, like they ranked a 30th uh, uh, by the same list. So uh, yeah, the game received numerous awards, numerous praise, numerous praise uh, when it first came out. Um, you know, definitely. Like, she would definitely, she would definitely, she would definitely like a critical darling. Um, most of the complaints that I've heard about the game are more recent, are more recent complaints. I think this game, certain certain parts of this game have not aged very well. I think um, it's still very playable today. I think, but there, but there's certain parts of it, especially the battle system, which are, which are, which are kind of more clumsy and awkward to use compared to how things have been improved now, like in the Pit Mario series. So most like the most criticism I see to this game now is is more like you know like a more modern perspective hindsight kind of thing to it, which I guess is kind of fair, but not really. So not, <laughs> the thing is, it's not really too fair because it's like, oh, why didn't they do it like this? Because they because this was not a thing at that time. Yeah, you know, you can't just say, oh, just do this because like there are limited resources, there's limited power, things were totally different in that era like first of all this is like the first mario rpg right you know how do you how do you do it nobody knows because nobody's done it before yeah and uh, people who criticize things and add hindsight to it 
being a little ridiculous about some things. I can understand if you're going to say, well, the game feels a little clunky or this and that. Like, sure, okay. But, like, if you say, oh, they should have done this, like, they didn't didn't know what they were doing. Right, yeah. That was the first go-around. Yeah, the three main complaints about the game, which I hear the most and which I already – I've mentioned most of these already, yeah, but these are three complaints I also like agree with. You agree with you, you, you agree with like some degree. Um, one, the battle system is a bit like clunky. Uh, two, uh, two, navigating around the world, uh, navigating like around the isometric viewpoint is difficult at times. Uh, and three, the, and three, the overall, the overall, the overall feel of the game and the, and the lower difficulty kind of makes it really apparent the game is kind of aimed toward like you know like a children as far as like you know like gameplay. Um, People who are older teens and above probably won't enjoy the game, you know, as much like you, as much like younger players. I liked it. <laughs> well, you were younger when you first played the first time, so <laughs> and not not that much younger. Well, um, uh, also, like also the story in this game, like I also add this: uh, the story in the game is fine, but it's not as how can I put this? It's not as unified as like you know as you would um, as you might expect for like an RPG game. Uh, there's some there, there's some pretty uh, you know certain things are brought in and dropped almost immediately. It's kind of disjointed in some places. Um, the, yeah, they like bring something up so that it can get resolved in five minutes right. to add on something else to the main plot. Yeah. Yeah. So. But again, like you said, this is a problem they fixed in later games. I think so. Uh, right. Because yeah. there's that whole uh, there's that whole town by the sea, and it's like, oh, the the pirates are doing this to us, and you take care of the pirates, and you get the star, and then it turns out no, they weren't really having problems with the pirates. It was that they were a part of Smithy's gang or whatever, and they were like doppelgangers or whatever of the people living in the town i didn't hear anything back about that there's like a five minute thing yeah yeah but they uh, are yeah so um it was, it was weird and as we already mentioned this game this game this game does not have a direct sequel uh, the the working title the working title for the working title of uh, mario uh was super mario uh um to, to Super Mario like RPG two, but they decided to change it, uh, possibly, possibly to possibly possibly to avoid to avoid copyright. I think Square still has the actual copyright to the title. Holy so, crap! Do they? Uh, I'm I'm guessing that's why they changed the name of the game. Uh, it seems to be the most logical explanation I can think of. Yeah, so, that would make sense. But um, so the thing is, what would a Super Mario RPG to be like in this day and age you mean if they had just done something like like if they made another super mario rpg like in 2016 2017 i think it would be kind of like the games we have now <laughs> would it? yeah because like you know i, mean... I think i think yeah i think yeah i think between they this is this game this game started the whole mario rpg formula the pit, the pit mario games improved upon it and I believe the Mario and Luigi series kind of like you know hit the apex of it, so they have they have something tweaked and refined and improved the formula like over the years. I mean, yeah, but I kind of you know what if they brought back like the old characters and 
They could do that. Know. Yeah. Just, so, just, uh, just thinking. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Nintendo and Square are working together again. Uh, they released a game, a, a joint game, a, a joint a joint game together a couple of years ago, like the DS. So. Um, they, oh, really? What game was that? Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, um, but yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, they are working together again. So uh, after many years of uh, after many years of basically being kind of like a strange couple. So. Um, the, they could bring back certain characters and whatnot. I mean, like you know, um, Gino, for example, does show up in one of the in one of the in one of the uh, Mario Muji games. I think he showed up. In, really? I think he showed up in a. Um, oh, he showed up. Yeah, he showed up in. Yeah, he showed up in. He showed up. He showed up in Mario Muji, a Superstar Saga. Which one's that? I think the first one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. And Gino's also available as a downloadable mini fighter, like in the Super Smash Brothers game. Uh, so, oh, well, so I, I didn't know that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like you know, yeah, they yeah they could do yeah they could do things like the characters. I mean, like you know, um, there are there are there are a couple of things like there are a couple of things a couple of things that they get carried over like in this game like in the later games. But um, I think again because of the fact that Nintendo and Square stopped working together for, like for a long time, that's why Nintendo just kind of like you know went like. If you went back to square one as far as the actual as far as the actual making a pseudo sequel as opposed to like a true sequel. I get it. Went back to square one. <laughs> but yeah, so um well um, but but yeah, so what's so yeah, so what's some of your favorites and favorite and least favorite things like in this game that we haven't already t- uh 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 brought up brought up or elaborated upon in detail, George? Let me see. Favorite things I mean, the aesthetic is probably one of the best parts of the game. Uh, I, I really don't know. Uh, as for ba- for things I don't like, um, the battle system is, like we said, a little bit clunky. Um, and I don't know. It's just weird playing an RPG where all the numbers are, are small. Um, it's, I, I, I really, I, you know, I really don't know what to say. It's an interesting game, um, because it's the first, it's the first Mario RPG. Right. Um, and it was made in, in combination between Square and Nintendo, which is very interesting combination. Um, and it just, it expands upon the, the game that you played where there's, there's this guy and he jumps on things and he saves a princess at the end of the game um, by jumping on things or shooting fireballs at them. I mean, it's like, how do you expand upon that? And then they took that idea and they're like, well, we're just going to make our own storyline, make new areas, make new people, you know, characters and everything. It's really interesting. And it's weird because, it's a it's like a non-canon game right because it has this viewpoint on Mario but you don't see that viewpoint like that anymore after that game and thank god for that i i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing though i mean i liked i didn't like all the areas but i liked some of the areas um i felt like the mushroom <laughs> kingdom was lacking though yeah it is it was like 
four or five houses or whatever. It's like, there's, I probably see more toads in Super Mario Brothers than I did in, in Super Mario RPG. Um, that's not true, but I, it's, I, I really don't know what else to say about the game. I liked it. It's something I'll go back to. I'm almost, I'm, I'm somewhat close to finishing the game. Um, you know, we didn't talk about, there are some, there are some characters that are, I can think of at least one character that is from one of the older games that comes back in. I was going to mention that, that later surprised on. Yeah. Me. yeah. Nope. I was going to mention that as part of the, a uh, codes, like codes and cheats and cheats and cheats and glitches later on. But, uh, there are, there are I'm a, probably uh, thinking of something different than you are. There are four cameos Maybe. in this game from, uh, where you can see like various like various various like Nintendo characters show up, um, uh, F Zero, Star, um, Star Fox, Link, and Samus. Okay, I wasn't thinking of any of those. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's a boss battle with Birdo, and that for yep, some reason that's took nice. me. Yep. Yeah, that took me for surprise. I was like, oh. Yeah, I know this guy. <laughs> but uh, I know this guy that's pretending to be a woman. <laughs> Yeah, it's always been strange. <laughs> yeah, and now that I, I don't, what's the deal with Birdo? Like, are they like they're treating Birdo as an actual woman now? Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that's my, yeah, that's my impression of things. Probably just to make it easier on everybody involved. <laughs> there you go. There's, there's the first transgender Nintendo character. <laughs> uh, because yeah, because even the, yeah, because even the manual, uh, the manual of Mario Brothers Two, it says like you know. Um, you know, you know, this is a character who's male but pretending to be female. So, which is interesting because you would think that they would like censor that or something in the North American version. I think they left didn't. it in just to kind of make it like you know, like I think I think I think they left that in to add to 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 the overall goofiness, um, like of him. So, but yeah. yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, Birdo's um, a woman now. My thoughts on this game are pretty close to yours because I can see, um. The it game? has a lot of charm to it, but yeah, yeah it has a lot of like some yeah. of the mechanics not fall apart, but they just yeah. make it difficult in some places. I have a lot of nostalgia for this game because I played it very shortly after it came out. Right. And if you have nostalgia for this game, this game still holds it very well. If you don't have nostalgia for it and you're coming to the game for the first time, eh, it's it, nostalgia is a heck of a thing, Greg. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot hard to recommend this game to somebody. To somebody, to somebody now in 2016 who hasn't played it before. I would agree with that. Yes. I mean, I mean, I would say if you're a big fan of the Paper Mario and Mario Luigi games, and, and you're, if you've never played this, by all means, check it out because, like, you know, this is, you know, it, it's very interesting to see how those things got to start and to see the, um, and, you know, see the evolution, uh, the evolution of this, as you called it earlier, this this pseudo Paper Mario game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so like it's worth checking out for that reason. Um, if you are uh, if you have a kid in your house who plays RPGs, this is uh, this is a very good kid-friendly RPG to start them out with, uh, because the big chances are they like Mario. So, um, and the difficulty of this game is pretty appropriate like, for them. So, this is a very good like you know baby's first RPG uh, kind of like kind of like to start them out with, and and they won't be, and you know they, and you know because they're not fully developed as gamers, they won't have some of the same frustrations that maybe like adult people do. So, uh, outside. Um, outside of those two, outside of those two groups, though, it's really hard for me to recommend this game to anybody 
shoot anybody outside those outside those outside those outside the outside those uh, these days because it's like a lot of the because a lot of the RPG aspects this game does have been done better uh, like uh, like newer games and um, and just like you know the overall the overall gameplay and the overall plot and the graphics and some of the battle systems it's just like you know they work but they've been done better they've been refined and improved so much there so much of the, some of the newer games that's like you know. <sighs> It's kind of hard to go back to now. I mean, like, you know, like I said, I still like it a lot because I have a nostalgia for it and it's still a fun game. But it's but um, it doesn't it doesn't have the same trauma, 16 bit uh, timeless manner. that say, like, you know, the Earthbound or, or Chrome Trigger do. So, oh, man. Earthbound. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 Earthbound's a great game. Oh, yeah. But and that game still holds up very well today. Um uh, Super Mario RPG, not so much. But, <laughs> so, so the the thing is about Super Mario RPG, you know, when I was playing through it, I was like, oh, this is kind of like paper. Like I was like, with a few things in the game, I was noticing, oh, this is kind of like Paper Mario. And then when we started doing this podcast, we just kept talking about the game, and it's like, this is totally like a prototype version of Paper Mario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> So uh, there are a number of like of uh, cheats, codes, glitches, glitches in this game. I'm not going to go over them all because there's a ton actually like in here. Um, there is there is one thing I wish they'd left. There, there is one thing I wish they'd left in the North American version because it's only because it's only like available like in the Japanese version. Um, it, uh, but if you enter a code on the menu screen, a total a total a total will pop up on the screen. He'll check your status. Um, then he'll give you like tips and tricks. Oh wow. So um, there's a way to get like infinite coins and FPs and, and rock candies like the mushroom shop toward the beginning of the game. Uh, there's a way to be able to uh, 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 there's a way to be able to get a, a spell transfer glitch to happen to kind of like you know like uh, we can we can we can we can confuse the game and give a character a spell he he should normally have. Um, there's there's a way to get uh, uh, there's a way to change Mario sprites to the 2D Mario from Mario Bros. One, which is like pretty cool. Really? Yeah. So, um, uh, there's a way to get it, to, uh, 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 there's a way to be able to get, like, you know, like, infinite, like, infinite money, um, and, uh, um, and there's, and there's one hidden block that you, the hidden block in this game that you'd only get the first time, the first time, the first time that you go into the Mushroom Castle, and if you miss it then, you miss it the whole, uh, that's it, like, it never comes back, uh, like, the rest of the game, so... Well, the one thing I wanted to say, I just I just randomly remember this. I'm sorry. Um, for a game from the SNES era, this game was translated very well. Yes, it was because the, the uh, because the dialogue was mostly handled the dialogue was mostly handled by Nintendo. Um, right. At least at least as far as the Western the Western version of it, I'm sure Square did the original Japanese. I'm sure Square. I'm sure I'm sure Square did the original did the original way. Um, uh, script of it, but I'm I'm sure I'm but, sure, but but I'm sure the script had to be like approved by the I'm sure the script had to be approved by approved by approved by you know like Miyamoto and and some other people at Nintendo on a regular basis. So it's um, interesting because there are PlayStation and maybe in in some PlayStation Two games where like translations are like iffy and um, even I mean take a look at Final Fantasy VII. There are a few things about Final Fantasy VII where the translations are a little bit iffy. Yeah. So and that's that's square. So 
Yeah, it's really interesting to see that. Yeah, I yeah I directly attribute that to Nintendo like being about the project because like you know they that want, would make sense yeah. yeah because you know like like I said they they really wanted to make a Western uh, 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 Western RPG something that would appeal to kids to kids over here and sell just well in the states like they did in Japan right and for the most part they succeeded so but they um. So as I mentioned before, this game's this game kind of expensive because like you know it's because you know even though it was even though it was made in big amounts and there was a um and there was and there was a reprint of the game later on uh, as part of the as part of the as part of the uh, uh, a million sour club. Um, the fact it is Mario and the fact it is an RPG has kept the price pretty high uh, like over the years. Um, uh, there's plenty of copies available on eBay. 92 copies currently currently available. 477 copies like recently sold. But if you want to get a cart only version of the version of version of the North American the North, the North, the North American version of this game, as George mentioned, the Japanese version is cheaper. But but if you but if you want the North Ameri- but, but if you want the North American version, uh, pr- average prices and these include shipping uh, can range anywhere from twenty two dollars and fifty cents all like all the way up to all the way up to like ninety one dollars. Whoa! So it, so it's it's last time I've seen it, um, selling it was like forty fifty bucks, but yeah. like a range of like twenty to ninety. Yeah, where did that come from? Well, if you want CIB, it gets worse. <laughs> oh. uh, box and manual included were anywhere from eighty nine dollars all the way up to two hundred to two hundred and fifty nine dollars. The numbers are small in the game, but the numbers are big for the price. And there's a number, and curiously enough, there's a number of sealed copies that still would recently too. For how um, much? Uh, anywhere from like anywhere from anywhere from two hundred anywhere from two hundred and fifty three dollars all the way up to four hundred to four hundred four nine dollars. Wow. And what's funny that that last copy, the four forty nine copy, pristine example, but it still has any. Uh, but that copy store has, but that copy store has an EB price sticker on it uh, of like thirty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it is. I love that. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, so um, Virtual Console was definitely the cheapest way to get the game if you wanted. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, so yeah, overall, so overall, it was really fun. I coming back to this game again. Um, I admit I did not play it for the podcast because I did play the game and beat it again recently uh, within, within the last year. But I did like watch like several uh, let's let's plays and walkthroughs on YouTube for the game, um, and those pretty good walkthroughs uh, also like also on there about the game. So um, they do a great job of capturing the charm and overall and overall look of the game and whatnot without the aggravation of trying to make that damn jump, for example. Oh, so, man. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I'd encourage everybody to check this game out uh, online at the very least. Like, even if you're not going to play it, uh, seeing this game is, like, pretty impressive. Yeah, just play it a little bit. Yeah. See, see if you like it or not. Um, so. Because if you like it, then I feel, I feel like this would be, like, if you like it, you'll really like it. And if you don't, then you don't want anything to do with the game. <laughs> This is, yeah, this is definitely yeah, this is definitely a game. I think that this is definitely a game. I think that prior experience and nostalgia will really will really go a long way toward like toward determine your uh, your overall impression of it. Yeah. But so anyway, uh, this was a great game to cover again for the podcast. So thank you for the record. Uh, so, uh, so thank you. 
Uh, so thank you for the recommendation, George. I'm running out of games to, to recommend. We still have a lot of great RPGs to cover. Um, yeah. We already mentioned Earthbound. Uh, there's also... Uh, uh, there's also there's also there's also the Secret of Mana and Secret and Secret of Evermore games, and there's also the Lufia series. Uh, <laughs> I own everything except Secret of uh, Evermore. The everything you just brought up. So there's also the more obscure RPGs like you know like uh like like Lagoon and Draken and the uh, Paladin's Quest and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, the system was great was great in RPGs like for sure. So. Um, we're going to be covering next time another game that that I also have a lot of affection for. Um, uh, we've already looked before in the podcast at some at some translations of PC games, uh, PC games like the Super NES, because that uh, I mean, that was a thing a thing during this time period. Games like you know Civilization and the uh, Populous, for example. Uh, we're going to be doing another one because we're going to be looking next time in the next episode at the Super NES port of the classic, uh, the classic uh, beloved game, uh, Wing Commander, uh, which started, uh, which was the very first game to kick off a massive franchise um, and was really one of the most groundbreaking and, and revolutionary games of the time period. So we're going to look at how the Super NES port of the game fares. I can't wait. Yeah, George has experience. Has, has, has experience. Has experience with the series, but he never played the first game. He started off. He started off. He started off with Wing Commander three. So on the three do on the three do of all places. <laughs> <laughs> I have two three dos. The, play, the PlayStation version of that game is pretty good. I have to. I'll, I'll have to take a look at a video or something of that. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how that goes. So yeah. So, so yeah. You'll be, you'll be curious to see how George thinks about this like first game in the series, which is. Which do I think holds up very well today, but we'll see. But um, so anyway, uh, if you have any questions, feedback, comments, suggestions, whatever, you can either con- uh, you can either contact us on our Facebook page, or you can also send me an email directly to the SNES Podcast at yahoo.com. Um, George, how can people like reach you if they want to? Oh boy, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Chief at M I S T U R C H E E F. Um. It's probably the best way. Can't think of any other really uh, ways, really. But uh, I do other podcasts, and um, Greg joins me in with PlayStation Power, a PlayStation and PlayStation Two uh, podcast. And boy, that's a lot of fun. But that is not uh, family friendly. Uh, I also do Master System Masterpieces, where we cover Master System games. And uh, is that it? I do the uh, the box for it where it's a podcast where we just sit down and talk about whatever, and that's not family friendly. Um, oh boy, that's not family friendly. <laughs> but um, yeah, all of those things have uh, Facebook groups. You can just look up the name of the podcast, and you should be able to find it. Um, and that's basically it. Are you sure? Um, are, are you still working on that day? Of, uh... Uh, a VR themed podcast, or, or sure is that one like in hiatus, like right now? I guess that's in hiatus. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, we definitely welcome like any comments, comments, suggestions, that suggestions, or whatever that you have. Um, Even for older games, oh, oh yes, absolutely, definitely. So, yeah. but they uh, even yeah. for the first episode of this podcast. 
which was which was actually not about the super NES, but <laughs> uh, no, the very first episode I ever uh, no, the very first recording I ever did was I was I was was I put up a recording talking about my experiences. Yeah, your experiences when you were a kid I, and your mother. Yep. Was uh was she was a manager or something of a rental store? And it's a video store. They got to pick out like the entire. Yeah. I still got to pick out the entire like, NES library, with, uh, which was pretty awesome. So it was a really cool story. I like um, listening to that. So uh, yeah, so that was my very first podcast. So, but 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 it's on there. So um, and there's many more to come. Many more to come. Yes, hopefully. Unless you just randomly give up, yeah. <laughs> that would stink. Yes. <laughs> uh, so thank you again very much for joining me again, George. Uh, pleasure as always. Yeah. And uh, and uh, thank you again for everybody out there, like for listening, like for support, and we will catch you again soon. Bye. Take care, all. Mm-hmm.